بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی علیہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ tonight is the 21st of november in the year 2023 alhamdulillah we moved on to the 19th night that we're going through the illustrious and blessed life of the eminent companion sayyidina abu hurairah radiyallahu so to make a start another subsection entitled his eagerness and miraculous accumulation of the sacred knowledge. So, this is actually a distinguishing fact amongst those who are blessed and those who are not. Because our beloved messenger, he mentions, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Behaki, when he says, Sahih Hadith and Mishkat, two people can never be satisfied. Talibul ilm wa talibul dunya. The seeker of the sacred knowledge and the seeker of the world. So here the Prophet was praising one category and he was condemning another. So the one who seeks knowledge, Talibul Ilm, the Prophet goes, he will never be satisfied. Meaning that is his striking threat. He or she is never happy with his acquiring the knowledge. He's unsatiable. But the second he condemned, the one who acquires the world because he's also cannot be satiated but this is an illness mm. so Abu Huraira which one did he belong to mm. so as mentioned with his mothers preventing him from participating in many of the then encounters with the unbelievers this noble son of Islam there and then made up his mind to set his blessed heart on acquiring as much of the sacred knowledge as possible. So like I mentioned, he was wanting to participate, his mother prevented him. So obviously the believer is always focusing upon where to invest his time. So he thought, I need to learn. So as mentioned, our beloved Messenger had a great love for the Ahlul Sufa due to their sacrificing everything for the pleasure of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa But it became clear to one and all that he sallallahu alayhi wa had a special liking for Sayyidina Abu Huraira amongst them. Why? Because he was the most eager to acquire the sacred knowledge. So when people created this, because why did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa have more of an affection for Abu Huraira? There was many of the Ashab al-Suf. Because he was the most eager for the knowledge. So consider the following few blessed reports. Case al-Madani, rahmatullahi he relates. A man came to ask Sayyidina Zayd ibn Thabit for something. And Zayd replied to the man, Go to Abu Huraira. It once occurred that Abu Huraira, myself, and someone else, were in the masjid engaging in dhikr and making a dua when Rasulullah entered and sat with us. So, what's happening? A man has asked Zayd ibn Thabit a question. 
So who's Zayd ibn Thabit? Zayd ibn Thabit radiyallahu the Prophet said that the most learned of the faraid, i.e. the inheritance laws or the obligatory duties is Zayd ibn Thabit. This is in Tirmidhi, Hassan Sahih. So he was a very learned companion. He was the neighbor of Rasulullah in Al-Madina. He was the chief scribe. He would write the revelation. So somebody came and asked him a question. So what did he say? Go to Abu Huraira. <laughs> then he mentioned an incident. He goes, once there was three of us, myself, Abu Huraira and another man, and we were in Masjid al-Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa making dua, and making, making dhikr, making dua. Rasulullah suddenly entered, sallallahu alayhi wa and he sat with us. We immediately fell silent. And he, sallallahu alayhi wa thereupon instructed us to continue what we had been doing. So look at the adab. So they're doing dhikr, making dua. But when the Prophet comes, they stop. Because obviously he might need, you know, a need fulfilling. So the Prophet goes, continue. Why have you stopped? Zaid said, myself and my companion started making a dua. And Rasulullah sallallahu said, Ameen to our du'as. <laughs> so stop with the report. So why is it very, very interesting that they started making du'a? Because they knew the Prophet is going to say Ameen. And the Ameen of the Prophet is as good as it being guaranteed. So imagine what they asked for. Two of them. And the Prophet said, Ameen to our du'as, meaning all our du'as. Abu Huraira was silent, wasn't doing anything. Abu Huraira, when we finished, he made the following du'a. Oh Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, I ask you for everything that my two companions have asked for, as well as knowledge that I shall never forget. Rasulullah said, Ameen. Myself and my companion said, Ya Rasulullah, we also ask for knowledge that we shall never forget. The Prophet said, The man from the those tribe has beaten you. So, first, where is this recorded? In Nasai, in his Sunan, Al-Qubra, number 5870, is Hassan. Tabarani, in his Ausat, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 9, page 3 to 1 states, a chain of trustworthy narrators, except for Qais al-Madani, who is unknown. However, Hafiz ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, rahmatullahi stated Jayyid in his Al-Isaba, number 10,674, or page 762 to 763 of the New English Translation, and his Tahdeeb al-Tahdeeb, 12-291. Hagim in his Mustadrak, 3-508, stated Sahih. However, Zahabi cited the weakness of one of his narrators, Hamad ibn Shu'ib, rahmatullahi However, in his seer, 4-197, he cites case chain with Al-Fadl ibn Al-Ala in place of Hamad, adding ibn Al-Ala is sadiq, truthful, which thus makes this a strong chain. Fat al-Bari, 1-215, Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 5, page 135 of the New English Translation. So is it authentic? Yes. The problem with one of the chains is the narrator, Qais al-Madani. So he's unknown according to Imam al-Haytami. But other masters have said, there's another chain for this report. And if you go through a chain, which is singular, it is sound, therefore it's an authentic report. 
this is probably why Imam Nasai recorded it. So it's authentic. So what does this tell us about Abu Huraira? How quick he was. So they were making du'a. So on the face of it, make du'a. Why are you not making du'a? So he's thinking, don't need to. I'll just, whatever they ask for, I'll ask. So they made them du'as, imagine. And then he said, I ask, oh my Lord, for everything they have asked for. But he added something. Knowledge I shall never forget. That meant they had not asked for that. Think about that. He was listening to them. They didn't ask. He added that. So then when the Prophet said, Ameen, the other two companions said, we also ask for that. And the Prophet said, the man from the those tribe was beating. In other words, the Prophet appreciated those who would be first. In fact, there's a very famous report in Sayyid Bukhari and Muslim. And the Prophet وسلم, he was talking about 70,000 Muslims entering paradise without reckoning. And then he mentioned signs. Because they won't do this, they won't do that. So, Uqasha gets up. Because Ya Rasulullah, make a dua that I am one of them. So the Prophet وسلم, said, Uqasha is one of them. Then another man gets up. And the Prophet وسلم, said, Uqasha beat you. <laughs> so this was the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم. He wouldn't, you know, he appreciated those who were the, the first. So here again, he goes, the Dosi man has beat you. <laughs> so what now do we know is going to be given to him? Knowledge that he will never forget. That's what it means. <laughs> so should we find it strange that he's going to narrate, narrate and narrate so many hadiths? No, because he made a dua. <laughs> Go back to the beginning of the report. What did Zayd ibn Thabit say to that man who asked him a question? He goes, Go to Abu Huraira. <laughs> So then he narrated this incident. Why? Because you get the impression that when Zayd told that man to go to Abu Huraira, the man probably pulled that confused look, thinking, why should I go to Abu Huraira? So then Zayd explained. And look how humble he was. He mentioned, look, because he outdid us. He go to Abu Huraira. Thus the memory of Sayyidina Abu Huraira, was now blessed with the divine dua. So this is the first port of call. A second. So this narration is in Sayyid Bukhari number 119 in the chapter on knowledge. Sayyid Muslim number 2492. Dhanmadi number 3861. Hassan Sayyid. Sayyid al Makburi. He relates that Abu Huraira had said, I once said, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Inni asma'u minka hadithan kathiran ansa. Verily, I hear many a hadith from you, but I forget them. The Prophet said, Absut reda'ak. Spread your upper cloak. I took my cloak off my shoulders, I did accordingly, and I spread it. Then he said, he moved his hands as if filling them with something. I and then emptied them in my cloak. And he thereupon said, Dum, wrap this. I wrapped this cloak tightly now over your body. I did this. And subhanallah, after that, I never forgot anything. Ibrahim ibn al-Munzir added, 
Ibn Abi Fodek related identically with Adid. The Prophet had moved his hands as if filling them with something. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim. So it certainly took place. So what was the problem of Abu Huraira? He had a weak memory. <laughs> look how strange that sounds. So his natural state was, he wasn't very strong in memorizing. So what did he say? I hear many hadith from you, but I forget, Ya Rasulullah. In other words, I want to learn, but for some reason, he goes, my memory is failing. So now, does this hadith contradict the previous one? The answer is no. Because this must have also been around the same time. You understand? Previously, he goes, knowledge that I will never forget. So he's reinforcing it. So there's no contradiction. So what did the Prophet say? Now, this is something very interesting. The Prophet didn't make a dua. Did he make a dua? No. He said, Absut ridaak, spread your upper cloak. Now think about this. How obedient was Abu Huraira? What would a normal person have asked? You know, you would have thought, Ya Rasulullah, I'm asking you, my memory is weak. Why are you asking me to open my. You didn't question the Prophet. Just put his cloak down, spread it. And then look what he said. Rasulullah moved his hands as if filling them with something. So well, how was he doing it? So it's like he's getting something. He's taking something, filling his hands. And then he emptied it onto the cloak. And then he said one word to him. Dum. Dum. Wrap this. So he picked the cloak up and he goes, I, you know, he put a cloak tightly around your upper body. And then he says, Subhanallah. He goes, I then had a photographic memory. So how quickly was that? <laughs> so imagine within a minute, few minutes, give or take, he had a poor memory, his own testification. <laughs> few minutes later, nobody could touch him. <laughs> the Prophet has not made a dua. He's done something else. In another report, added details. In Sayyid Bukhari, Number 2047, Sahih Muslim, number 2492. Abu Huraira, he said, Rasulullah once said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever spreads his upper cloak until I finish what I have to say, then pulls it back to him, will then understand what I say. After that, I spread a colored cloak that I was wearing. When Rasulullah finished his, his speech, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I pulled it to my chest. And subhanallah, now I never forget anything that he said. So this is a different report. So if you listen to it, you're thinking, it's the same incident. It's not, it's not the same incident. What did the Prophet say? He didn't say, whoever spreads his cloak and wraps it, he'll never forget. What he said was, whoever spreads his upper cloak until I finish what I have to say, pulls it back, will understand what I say. This is something else. Why? Because you can memorize, but you might not understand. So somebody gives you, know, how many times somebody quoted a hadith, and then you say to him, do you know what it means? And then he goes, yeah, it means this. And then you explain, no, it doesn't mean that. So what's happened? He's narrated, he's not understood what he's narrating. So Rasulullah said, will understand what I say. Same thing happened. He goes, now I understood. So now this means what? He's not just a narrator. He's a faqih. 
Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, he commented here, Rahmatullah, in Fatt al-Bari 1-215. These two sahih ahadith contains clear virtues of Sayyidina Abu Huraira, and a clear miracle that is one of the prophetic signs. Because forgetfulness is something tied to being a human being. And Abu Huraira admitted he used to forget. Then subhanallah, forgetfulness left him due to the blessing of Rasulullah. So what did Ibn Hajar Asqalani say? He goes, these are clear miracles of the Prophet, obviously. There's no doubt about that. But something left Abu Huraira, which was ingrained in every human. And that is forgetfulness. So how do we know that? Because Allah, Allah mentions it. Because the prophets, they sometimes say, we forgot. <laughs> so does that mean that Abu Huraira has got something over the prophets? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means when it comes to revelation, that will not hinder him. So he goes, this is a miracle of another miracle of the Prophet Adding further details. In Tirmidhi, number 3860, Hassan Gharib, Abu Huraira, he said, I went to the Prophet and I spread my shirt before him. He took it and rolled it up on my heart. After that, I never forgot anything. So this seems to be another incident. What's happened? I went to the Prophet Abu Huraira said, and I spread my shirt before him. Thawbi is not Rida. Rida is a cloak. Thawbi means shirt. And then what Abu Huraira said, He took it, my shirt. And he rolled it onto my heart. After that, I never forgot anything. So scholars said this was another incident. So now what's going on? Wasn't one enough? No. Because what did the Prophet say? He's never satisfied. That's why I mentioned the hadith. I didn't just mention it for you to say subhanallah. Was he happy with his state of knowledge? No. He wants more. You know, you would have thought he's got a miracle. MashaAllah, he's covered now. No, it's not covered. More. And the Prophet didn't say, I've already blessed you, Abu Huraira. Shirt, clog, this, that, dua. Not enough. In another report, it mentions that our beloved Messenger had covered him with his own cloak and supplicated for him, upon which he said, by him in whose hands is my soul, I thereupon never forgot anything after I heard it from him. This is in Ahmed in his Musnad 2-240, Al-Humaydi in his Musnad 3-373. Another incident. Why? Because it's Rasulullah's cloak now. So how many incidents have taken place? Three, four, even more. He was never satisfied with his acquisition of knowledge. So he was proving the prophetic hadith. Two types of people can never be satisfied. Talib ilm So now why is this quite embarrassing for us? 
Look at how pathetic, <laughs> you know, desire for knowledge. No, that's the only word you can call it. Pathetic. Right? And then you say to brother, brother, you, you open up avenues for yourself. It's for what? It's for knowledge. And look at the responses people give. First, sometimes they belittle it. They go, oh, that's for scholars. That's not for me. Or they'll say, but there's more important things. And you'll hear the bakwas. And then you'll respond by saying, have you opened up avenues? Exactly, just answered you. You know, I'm talking about dunya now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, got a house, got another house. Open up another shop. Renting if you are, you know, got some land back home. And then you go, Talibud dunya. So forget about your neighbor, your uncle. Your, think about yourself. Which one are you? The Prophet is talking to you. Are you Talibud ilm or Talibud dunya? If you're Talibud dunya, you are going on a very dangerous road and he will never be satisfied meaning you can't you can't even use the excuse I've got a plan <laughs> beauty that one okay he does that with his hands I've got a plan what's this brother meaning we'll get to X amount and then I'll work on my deen no because the prophet is telling the truth you're lying there's no X amount you're unsatiable knowledge is where you are supposed to be Abu Huraira, look how he was investing now. He goes, I've got a weak memory, what can I do? And first, beautiful du'a of the Prophet then he spread his own cloak, then Rasulullah covered him with his own cloak, then he rolled out his shirt. You, you notice he's now, in, and this is why he became the most prolific narrator. People just think he woke up one day and then he started narrating hadith, did they? No, you see the sacrifices he was making and coupled this with being the constant shadow of the Prophet which I've described the last few weeks. He just couldn't get enough of the Prophet That's another thing that you got to keep in mind. Went with him into the marketplace, went with him, you know, to Koba, went with him, you know, one-to-one. How many one-to-ones? So what do you notice? Yes, he didn't have many years with Rasulullah but he made sure to make the most of those years. And this is another thing which is very important to highlight to people who embrace Islam late. He goes, look, brothers, I've got years ahead of me. You say, doesn't really matter. You can overtake them. But you need to be wise. Right? And you notice there are people that they embrace Islam quite late. But then you notice leaps and bounds ahead of you. What happened to them? Because they were working for the Akhirat. So all I mentioned today was now beginning the subsection, explaining his eagerness and miraculous accumulation of the sacred knowledge. And of course, we beg Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us a fraction of this eagerness. Mm-hmm. Are there any questions you'd like to ask? Subhanahu wa ta'ala, bihamdika, ashtu la ilaha illa anta astafrika, atubu alayka, 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 atub